Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of The Sapient. And today on our episode, we have Miss Ramya. Uh, hi, Miss Ramya. Hi, how are you doing? I'm fine. How about you? I am great. Thank you so much for um, giving me the opportunity to be on this uh, platform. I appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Um, could you please introduce yourself? Sure, no problem. Hey folks, uh, my name is Ramya Ramachandran, and um, I am an, an interior designer. Um, I own my own business, interior design business, specializing in residential, uh, commercial, contract furniture, and hospitality design. Uh, the name of my company is Shriya Designs, S-R-I-Y-A Designs with an S dot com. Um, you can also follow me on Instagram, Shreya Designs underscore 2021, and the same on Facebook as well. Um, so a little bit about my journey. I've actually been in the interior design field for about 15 years. Um, I'm kind of a black sheep within the family, and probably many would say I'm probably a black sheep within the community as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I've always done what I wanted to do. Um, so I uh, started off my education, actually getting my bachelor's and my master's degree in interior design. And um, shortly after that, I did a little bit of residential design. Um, and then I discovered the contract furniture commercial side of things. So I pretty much worked my way up the ladder um, mm-hmm. working for different companies. Um, and, um, after that, I, uh, pretty much started my company that I've had for about two years. So that's kind of a gist of who I am and what I do. And, uh, where are you based out of? Uh, I'm based in Austin, Texas. Okay. And, um, are you uh, born and brought up in the same city? Uh, no, um, I was born in India, so I think I could probably define myself as an Indian-born confused Daisy, um, but uh-huh. I kind of lived all over. I lived in the Middle East for 10 years, um, and then I lived in Canada for a year, um, and then I did most of my um, high school in Memphis, Tennessee, and then mm-hmm. I went to school in Savannah, Georgia, and then I um, kickstarted my career in California, um, where I met my husband. And um, then shortly after that, we moved to Austin, Texas, um, where I reside currently. Got it. So, uh, um, could you just uh, you know help us understand what were the like initial challenges when you when you decided to you know start your own firm or company? Well, um, I would probably say even though having a design background. I don't really have like a business mindset or a business background. So, um, you know, being an entrepreneur, I think by itself is a very difficult job. You continuously are pulled into different segments and elements of your business. And um, you're continuously having to learn things that you never really thought you would have had to learn. Um, And I almost started out the business not even knowing that I actually was starting a business, which is kind of funny because mm-hmm. I pretty much use the contacts that I've known from my side of the industry that I've had for about 15 years. Um, mm-hmm. And one thing led to another. And I really think like 
the the word of mouth and the power of networking is so strong because I am a true example of that. Um, mm -hmm. One thing led to another and I've had a couple of colleagues reach out to a few others. And over the past two years, I've had about um, 40 to 80 clients without even having a website or an Instagram presence or a social media presence. And it was all done pretty much through LinkedIn and kind of mm -hmm. advertising my services on there. Um, so, you know, I'd say some of the challenges of my business is um, having consistent work, of course. Um, I think that's probably a struggle any and every business owner and entrepreneur um, deals with. And um, doing things that are really challenging and exciting and passionate about what my business really is. Um, you know, I've done furniture for so long and I'm good at it. I can do it in my sleep, mm -hmm. um, but that's not what I started my business for. I wanted to do so much more, mm -hmm. and um, I'm currently getting out with, within the Austin market to get my name out and my business out and make those genuine connections that will hopefully lead somewhere um, where I can grow my business as well. So you said you have no sales team, sir? No, I don't have any sales. I do everything by myself. Um, I do have um, mm -hmm. my backup designers, um, people that I've known within the industry, mm -hmm. and a um, few other um, smaller scale businesses like a marketing person that pretty much helped me put my website together, um, and a photographer. But I strongly believe in supporting other um, women-owned business as well. And, um, you know, mm -hmm. I, I really like to give them a platform and see how we can collaborate and kind of take things one step at a time. Um, I'm, you know, I'm very passionate about that and just giving them sort of like a platform to showcase their talents as well. So most of the people in my team are um, uh, women that have businesses of their own or just starting off um, within um, a passion of theirs. Um, and I use them as sort of like a as-needed basis um, when when my mm -hmm. business really picks up. Got it. So uh, can I ask you, what was the initial kind of reaction, um, you know, uh, when you started the business, you know, when you understood, you know, it took a lot more than, you know, you might have really anticipated. And going into the business. Well, I think it really just all strings from passion. Um, and I've seen the struggles that I had to go mm -hmm. through for a very long time in my career. Um, and it's almost like having to push yourself as well. Um, there are so many days and so many times where I'm just kind of like, I don't know what I'm doing. Uh, maybe I should just give up. But I, when mm -hmm. I look back at things mm -hmm. um, and how far I've come, it's not really like an option. It's not a question. Um, so I think really having that motivation to push myself to my ultimate is probably a struggle that I see every day. Um, and, you know, just, just staying true to who I am. Um, there's so many naysayers out there, but um, surrounding myself with like supportive people and really like focusing on your vision and my goal. I think really like gets me up to what I'm doing every day. Uh, is there any part of you that is, you know, a Desi Jugadu, 
in in our day-to-day business. I don't know what that term means. Okay, so Desi Jugado is a person who is very stingy on budget, and they find creative oh. ways to get something well, done. Well, as a small-scale businesses, I always try to find free tools to <laughs> do the things that I need to, mm-hmm. and um, there are so many tools out there. If you look for it, you can find it. Um, mm-hmm. But I mean, I think one instance probably would be um, I had to put like a a proposal together for a fairly large scale project for healthcare project for one of my clients, and I found a website that does it for you, and I didn't realize until I'd spend like a good half an hour to an hour that it was actually a paid program to download the proposal. So, um, I pretty much took the information and all the, the templates and stuff like that from there and I recreated it and, um, Mm -hmm. you know, through Word documents and Excel and Canva, there's so many other options out there. And I put a pretty, um, I'd say a pretty good proposal together to, um, send back to my client. But, um, you know, I think there are so many different ways, um, and really like tools out there. Um, some of the things that I use, obviously, for like my social media too, is like Canva, and um, uh, I use Photopea, which is a, a free version of Photoshop. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I didn't discover that until um, yes, I applied for another position too. Um, and then I use Invoice Generator, um, which is an absolutely fabulous tool to um, make your invoices look very professional. Um, so, you know, like I want to spend money, obviously, um, strategically, um, but for my business, but I do Mm -hmm. know that if it's worth it, then I'm going to spend the dime and the dollar for it. Um, I recently started advertising myself as well as articles for a magazine. So I think they're doing a really good job. Um, but it was something that I didn't really think about. I don't really know if it's leading anywhere, but it mm-hmm. is my name out there within the local, local community. And hopefully it's gonna get me somewhere with my business. But um, yeah, I mean, I will say that I try to save as or as much as I can, but I am pretty headstrong about spending money where it comes to be for the right resources and the tools for my business. Got it. So uh, essentially, see, I'm a, I'm a digital marketer by profession. Uh, profession. And, you know, I do teach digital marketing to a lot of students and, you know, a lot of small business owners out of passion. You know, I don't charge them anything. Um, So what I usually do is uh, spend a lot of time with them, just helping them with free tools and free softwares. Um, Because, you know, uh, I think, you know, getting if there is something that is available for free, it really does not make sense to, you know, pay or you know, spend those, you know, precious resources that a small business has. Right. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, uh, coming, to, uh, coming to the next question. Um, yeah. So, how was your, you know, like, uh, early days in terms of, you know, in your life? You know, like, as you said, you know, you have moved a lot of cities. So, how was that, you know, like, um, you know, getting, uh, let's say, influenced or, you know, changing your life as per the local culture? Um, well, since I have lived in several cities, um, I think it's not so much about being influenced by the culture, but more so adapting my ways, um, and being open to other cultures. Um, 
you know, because living in the Middle East, um, I'd still grown up in a very Middle Eastern environment, um, but there was also that Indian side of me because I did go to um, a very Indian-centric school um, and followed all of the curriculum that they would follow in, in India. Um, so um, there was still, I was very in tuned with my culture, but of course, um, open to the, the culture that I was living in as well. Um, and I don't really think I'd really um, seen the influence of other cultures and to explore other cultures until I'd gotten to be independent and a little bit older. Because, um, you know, when you're around parents and you're around family and stuff like that, all of their um, mindset and their norms kind of get like brought down to you. And I felt like I was following sort of like their lifestyle mm -hmm. until I got to be a little bit older um, and really discover that travel is way more than just sightseeing and um, like checking that box off your list. It really is so much more than absorbing the culture that's over there, being open to trying out new food, um, you know, and um, just meeting new people and learning languages. And there's just there's just so much more attached to it. And I felt like growing up, um, even though I lived in so many different cities and so many different countries, there was that side of me that was very well protected by my parents. Um, and yeah, I'd say I wish, you know, I went back in time and I had the, the opportunity to really explore that side. Um, but alas, here we are. And it really has taught me to be more flexible with my life and, um, be a social person and adapt to, um, whatever city or country or anything that I've, um, live in. Um, and even environment, whether it's like moving schools or um, moving places or moving cities or anything like that. Got it. And uh, since how many years, you know, uh, have you been running this business of yours? Um, I actually just celebrated two years. Okay. So you're uh, fairly new to the business, right? Yeah, I'm fairly new to the business, but I'm not new to what I do because I've done it yeah. for pretty much all my life. So you're a veteran in the industry, but new to the game kind of thing. Exactly. Yes. Okay. Uh, do you think that AI has really, you know, like, um, let's say shaped the way you think about your business? It's funny that you ask that um, because I have been using chat GPT um, for my social media and um, some of the posts that I do. I don't really know if it currently has changed anything within my particular industry, but I do foresee it coming through, but I'm not really very concerned about it hindering my business, um, only because I feel like, once again, I'm sort of like unique in what I offer, um, because I feel like most of my competitors only offer residential, and that's where I kind of differentiate myself from my market as well. Because um, I also do hospitality as in hotels, um, and I bring so much more from my knowledge to the plate that I don't really feel like AI can really replace that um, mm -hmm. in the long run. But, you know, yeah, uh, there are there are situations where I see AI taking over the industry, but also as like a, a furniture expert, I 
it's so detail oriented in everything that I do that I don't really know if I should be concerned about AI, but there's always that mm -hmm. um, what if factor as well. Yeah, I mean, I, AI is, uh, you know, it's literally a tool that, you know, we can use for our advantage. But, you know, what the general concise is, you know, like, you know, we better adopt the ways of AI, you know, otherwise it will be, uh, you know, difficult for the smaller businesses to survive. Yeah, I agree. I mean, there are so many different ways that you can speed up your process and bring new innovative thinking that, um, sorry to say but maybe the human brain isn't thinking about it that um ai can sort of like uh, bring perspective to it um and you know um as a small scale business i i'm only one person so there's only so much time that i have on my plate and if i can utilize the tools out there then why not um it's almost like hiring like 10 different other people doing one particular job yes yeah. So uh, my next question is, um, I, you know, do you try to be, let's say, politically correct when you when you when you are a business owner? Um, no, I mm, uh, there, there's a caveat to that. Um, I would probably say yes and no. Um, yes, in the sense, it depends on what professions that I'm working with. I probably need to be more mm -hmm. politically correct if I'm working with a contractor or um, an architect or within the construction industry, because then um, they're probably just going to look down on me and be like, oh, no, well, she doesn't know the technical details of what she's doing. So um, I don't think this job is worth it. And I can uh, I can easily be replaced by another designer with more knowledge. But on the other side of things, when I'm dealing with clients, I think I try to bring more personality and to um, level with them on a more personal basis uh, because it's all about the connection, right? And to really understand where they're coming from, their perspective, their mindset, um, and to bring solutions to the team together collaboratively um, instead of saying, okay, um, well, this is how it's done for years together. Um, I think it really helps mm -hmm. to work together to bring a solution um, together rather than an individual process. So that way, you know, we're both having fun through the journey. Um, I think a mere example of that was I'm currently working on a Best Western project uh, that I just got approval from corporate and I'm working with the investor. And there were a couple things that we needed to swap out for the furniture um, just because of lead time. And I went to a couple of other websites and found a few solutions. Um, and I, I've worked with this investor for um, a little bit of time now, and I know his taste, and I know he loves neutrals. Um, as a designer, mm -hmm. I'd like to bring in a, a, a pop of element in there. Um, and I know it's a huge risk bringing in a, a, a yellow within um, the design. And uh, lo and behold, he did say something about it and he mentioned it. Um, but, you know, um, I understand where he's coming from because his perspective is we want to see and use all of this long term. And if you bring in such a strong mm -hmm. pop of color in it, it's going to be hard for us to keep that um, fresh for years to come. And um, so I was like, okay, well, maybe we can find a happy medium over there. Maybe we can do a subtle pop of color or maybe we can 
bring in a pattern. So, um, you know, I sent him a couple of options and um, I, I'm glad he picked the option that I actually preferred as well. Um, but, you know, I think it's all about working together and making that process fun and making sure that you understand their side of the story as well as, you know, communicate your side of the story as well to really have um, a successful client and a project. So, uh, so my next question is, um, let's say, what are the, uh, you know, like standard procedures that you have put in place to retain, you know, the old customers or, you know, repeating customers? Um, well, I didn't discover this until I was, um, probably about halfway through launching my business my first year. Um, but I didn't realize contracts actually are fairly important. <laughs> um, and I still work with a lot of furniture dealerships, large scale furniture dealerships that sort of come out to me as an as needed basis as a contractor. Mm -hmm. And um, with the market as well, and depending on the amount of work that was coming in, my hourly rate ranged uh, between, you know, the, it might be a little different for this client, um, you know, maybe their business needs are a little different versus another client that's kind of coming in regularly. Um, so really putting a contract together and stating what the hourly rate was um, and what they can anticipate from me, from the company, um, whether it's like buying um, more software or anything related to the design that I was providing to them, that would kind of be um, a conversation that we have, whether it was like an out-of-pocket cost for me or if they were willing to pitch in. Um, so I think that was really important, having that contract, which I genuinely use for all of my new clients going mm -hmm. forward, whether it is residential, commercial, um, and hospitality as well. And also to really, um, fix that hourly rate that we had decided on and knowing that with market rate and everything else that is happening within our current world that could, um, be looked at and be changed a year from now. Um, so I really think that's also, um, kind of a way for me to be accountable and be professional and also if something happens along the way god forbid it hasn't so far then i have um a written contract to take um if i need to further uh pursue any further for um you know if anything goes wrong uh, like within you know um getting a lawyer or anything like that mm -hmm. um so um that i think has really really helped me and also a lot of having um my well for the longest time it was just like a dropbox link of um examples that i've done previously but now my website really ties that all together um and just making sure that i have those initial conversations about what i can provide what they can provide what they're looking for um so it is it is a little simpler on my end on what it is that I have in terms of um, contracts, I'd say, mm -hmm. um, but also being set up, you know, financially being paid, whether it is um, direct deposit or any of those. So having those standard procedures are like really important um, because I'm repeatedly doing it for several clients. So I just kind of figured out to put it all together. Um, but yeah, those are just some of the things that I've had to learn and had to put together over time. Um, and I'm sure it's probably going to vary dependent 
on the type of client that I work with um, and the projects that are sort of coming my way as well. Okay. So uh, the next question um, I, know I have is a kind of two-parter. So one, uh, the first question is, when did you raise your hourly rates? And the second question is, once you raise your you know, hourly rates, what were the initial reactions of your clients and you know what was the long-term impact of it? So I only raise my hourly rates if it was a new client because um, I'd already, already established a relationship with the previous ones and the contract very well says that, you know, if we continue this relationship and if work is going well, then I'll have to reevaluate my hourly rate um, a year from now. So I don't really touch that if it's already an existing client, but there are ways to add to it. So, um, you know, a lot of my clients, um, they don't really know how much time I'm spending on a project, but also when you're within the industry, you kind of know how much time it would take something to get done. So, um, I realized sneaking in a few hours per project really makes up for the extra charge in the hourly rate but still being true to the hourly rate that we had initially decided on. Mm -hmm. So that way they don't really think that I'm raising my rates for no reason, but at the same way, I feel like I'm being fair to the amount of work that I'm putting in just with market rates that are going out there. So um, that's something that actually my husband has um, advised me on and it's worked out fairly well uh, because nobody really is gonna question like a half an hour more here you know, per project or half an hour more there you don't really see it um, in, in the overall aspect of things. But when it comes to newer clients, I still am debatable on the rate that I, um, I kind of uh, speak for, um, because once again, it really depends on the size of the dealership and how much work they're sending. Um, and I did see that I would raise my rates if I had extra set of hands working with me, like any of my other designers were working with me because I am paying them as well for their time. So um, I'd have to charge a little bit more than what I would charge because I'm not the one doing the work. Um, so I think it's, it's sort of like a controversial topic here and there for me because um, it really just depends on the relationship of the client, like how I feel and how much business is coming in. Uh, but I do have a range that I kind of stick with and make sure it's um, fair for both parties. Okay. So before, uh, you know, like going on this venture of starting a business, um, you know, did you take any courses such as, you know, especially in sales and, you know, like, how to pitch to new you know customers and all these sort of you know uh, different approaches to learning new things no absolutely not and i am actually really really surprised i've made it this far without knowing any side of business um but um you know i keep mentioning this i have a very extremely supportive husband and he does have a business degree as well so it does help um that he is giving me advice um, but there are just so many things that I've learned through my profession, um, you know, just, um, being a leader and being within leadership positions or being within dual positions of a project manager and a designer or a senior designer that I've just seriously just learned through the industry and through time. 
Um, but there are so many things for my business. I still don't know I'm doing it. It's just a habit. And I don't know if that's the right thing that I'm doing, but it's working. It's clearly working because, mm-hmm. um, you know, just the, the, the definition of the number of clients and the work that I've received over the past two years, it's just a mere example of I'm doing something right. I don't know if I'm doing it correctly. Um, but I think, you know, just being proactive um, and really being surrounded by other business women and business individuals has taught me a lot um, on the business side of things. And I'm open to learning new tools and new ways of doing things. Um, like, say, for example, um, marketing myself is not something that I'm good at. But I knew as a designer, I needed to get my name and my place out in social media and I kickstarted my social media. Um, uh, it's almost been a month now. And it's not about you know getting the likes or the followers or anything like that. It, it really is a platform for me to advertise what I do and what my business is really about. And if I end up getting business from there, that's the whole goal for it. But um, you know, if I don't, at least you know I have a presence out there. Um, I put myself out there and my business is out there. Um, so to answer your question, no, but I'm also trying to find different ways, um, you know, whether it's online or, um, going to, um, seminars or anything like that, or business opportunities to, um, learn more things on how to successfully run my business. Got it. So, um, you know, like you said, you have been in the business for two years. And um, so the question is, is your business right now profitable? Um, Well, it certainly has been profitable over the past two years. Um, This year, I'm actually pivoting my business in a whole new direction. Um, So as of right now, it's still profitable, but not profitable enough that I was the last two years. And um, that's okay, you know, that there, there are a million different ways, um, you know, to run a successful business. And I certainly think I'm taking a risk by doing what I'm doing, but I'm also thinking of ways on how to um, stand out from my competitors by not doing what I was previously doing because there are so many different other competitors out there within my field I also passionately felt like I need to do so much more for my business. Um, so um, to answer your question, um, yes, it is profitable, but not profitable enough to the point that it was over last year or the year before. And there have been, you know, so many other factors to that. Um, but um, mm-hmm. You know, I'm I'm still making money, <laughs> um, and I'm still um, finding tools to invest in my business. And I really don't have a lot of overhead to invest in my business, which is wonderful. I mean, um, I'm gonna be candid, and I probably have about two to three thousand that I invest into my business every year, which is absolutely peanuts <laughs> for someone who's making a six-figure <laughs> income um, for over the past two years. Mm-hmm. Okay. Have you given given any thought of you know expanding your team, um, that is the core team of you know sales, marketing, accounting, and all this, uh, you know, essential roles within the business? 
Um, I certainly have, and that's where I kind of hired the people that I've hired uh, as my go-to. Um, I think right now I'm just trying to focus to see what direction I'm going to be taking my business in. Um, and I have no issues in hiring the people that I need to. Um, but I feel like I'm the name of my business and I need to do it. I need to make those genuine connections rather than hiring, you know, an XYZ to just keep doing the things that they're doing. Um, cause this is very like personable for me too. Like I get excited when I see, a. a an entire project come to fruition and I do a lot of the work myself. Um, so for me, I think at this point, it really is like making those genuine connections and those relationships within the industry partners. And I've been doing a lot of that over the past two months. Um, and I've been taking a different approach as well. I'm connecting with a lot of real estate agents and brokers and investors because um, those I feel are like the really true key people um, to uh, get the business that I am chasing after. Got it. So yeah, uh, stepping away from the business, you know, part of your life, right? Um, you know, like how, uh, like, let's say, how uh, do you have any other, like, you know, kind of passion or, you know, something that's you know kind of guilt guilt pleasure <laughs> um yeah i am actually a foodie a huge foodie and um i am not gonna say i am the the best at cooking but i am pretty good um and i love trying out new recipes um <clears throat> i'm always exploring um you know food sites and all of that to try out new and comp new complicated recipes um different cuisines um, I also uh, started out my cooking journey by being a baker. Um, so prior to actually launching my business, I had a food blog and I thought that was the route that I was going to take my life into being more of a, um, a food photographer and recipe developer and just being on the food side of things. Um, so I did that for a good six months, but that taught me, um, how to um, explore other different avenues um, of food as well. And something that um, I still enjoy doing to this day is baking. And um, I have actually um, really enjoy making cakes. <laughs> so um, any birthdays or um, family events or something like that, I'm always uh, the first person people reach out to. They're like, can you make me a cake? Um, and I'm also partially half vegan, so I love making all my cakes. Um, well, vegan's a little bit harder, but I like, I'm, I'm a vegetarian too, so I like making all of them eggless. Um, so that, that's the element of challenge that sort of brings in to, um, that mm -hmm. forte. And I really like challenging myself. So I've made like two to three tier cakes that have usually take me two to three days. Um, and when, when I do have like a birthday coming up, I put my full effort into it. I almost like everything that I do is just 100% me and I'm a perfectionist. Um, so yeah, that's something that I do and traveling, um, of course, and, um, reading, I, I'm, I don't do it a lot, but I'm trying to get back into it. Um, trying out new restaurants, um, traveling, 
Um, so those are just some of the other things that um, I'm, I, I do outside of my business to kind of like de-stress too. Got it. And how is Austin as a city? Like, how do you feel about the city? Um, it's, it's a really vibrant city. Um, it is a little bit smaller than some of the other cities out there, you know, Houston or Dallas. Um, but I, mm-hmm. I really love the culture out here because people are um, just very open-minded. They're very friendly um, compared to some of the conservative cities out there. Um, and I have been out there and mm-hmm. I can see the vast difference between, you know, Houston and Austin. Um, there's also um, a younger crowd because of the tech companies that are coming in. Um, but I do see where Austin's getting pretty overcrowded and populated um, right now compared to what it was. And I can say that from a span of like five or six years of being here. Um, so mm-hmm. I... I don't really like the direction that the the city in general is going in with it being overpopulated and overcrowded. Um, but, you know, as a whole, um, I really like Austin for its culture, um, for all the art that's coming in, um, you know, the live music, um, just the creative side of things that I can really connect with and all of the business side of things that are coming in, like all the wonderful opportunities that are coming here um, and really being able to connect with other collaborators and individuals for um, everything that's coming into Austin. Yeah, um, I think uh, Joe Rogan is currently is, based in yes. Austin, right? Yeah, I was just taking a guess there. Um, yeah, anyways, uh, so uh, I like so you you are talking about a city, you know, which is not which is not, you know, like a stereotypical city. It has a lot of, you know, vibrance and culture. Uh, what is a uh, let's say what what's one one best thing that you like about this? Um, I really like how Austin is just super creative. Um, you know, it flocks in a lot of mm-hmm. artists, and it really gives them an opportunity to make it big or to even shine. Um, you know, I really love the live music mm-hmm. scene up here, um, and I love the 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 super creative like restaurants and bar scene that's coming out here, like. Um, and it's, you know, you, you really can come up with something super unique, even as a business and flourish for the next couple of years. Um, but I, on the flip side of things, I do feel a little disappointed and sad for the smaller scale businesses that are just trying to keep up with the market, um, uh, because they are being taken over mm-hmm. by the larger scale businesses and corporations and stuff like that out there. So, um, it's. It's um, it's almost like a, a give and take situation. Um, I'm sure there's another word that my mind can't think of at the moment. Um, but yeah, I really, really, really enjoy how creative and vibrant this city is. Okay, and um, let's say uh, right now you're living in Austin. If given a choice, would you move to any other city? And which um, city would that actually... be? Probably yes, <laughs> um, just because I really don't know um, how insane Austin's gonna get the next couple of years, and we're already seeing the influx of that. Um, so um, I could probably see myself living in Florida somewhere, but I don't think my husband would like that only because of the weather. <laughs> um, but I love being by the beach. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm open to like a smaller scale city in Florida. 
Um, my husband really loves um, mm -hmm. Colorado, so it's the complete opposite of Florida, of course. Um, but uh, we do mm -hmm. want to eventually move to a city where there are more outdoor activities that we can do. We're both, we really enjoy being outdoors and trekking and hiking and all of that. Um, so I don't really know where mm -hmm. we're going to end up. Um, but we are having a few conversations, and mm. I don't think Austin's going to be our final destination. So it's, I mean, it's I just really a layover, did think it? that Austin was going to be home for us for a very long time, and um, it's kind of sad that it's not going to end up being our home. But, um, you know, you got to just um, adapt and change with the times. Um, nobody really was expecting Austin to be the way it is currently. Um but, you know, I think mm -hmm. there's, a, there's just been so many other things that have sort of impacted that. Um, and I, I would, I would mm -hmm. still like to keep Austin a hub or a space that we can come visit. Um, you know, maybe we, mm -hmm. we, have a, we have a property here, we have a house here. So, um, and I know it will value in, in time. Um, so we'll probably just rent it out and sort of have it as an mm -hmm. investment property. Um, so we're just, you know, trying to figure out where we'd like to see ourselves long-term, uh, but haven't really honed down on a particular city as yet. Got it. So, uh, you know, uh, earlier you mentioned that, you know, Austin is getting crazier. Do you think Austin getting crazier is better uh, for your business? Um, I'm not too sure, um, because as I am trying to venture myself out within the Austin market, um, it probably is a good thing that it is um, getting busier just because I feel like there are opportunities that I could see myself helping smaller scale businesses or um, larger scale corporations with workplace design and healthcare and all of that um, or education, but um, a lot of people see it as more of like the influx of um, housing that's going on. And as much as I do want to say that um, I, I do cater to that side of the business, the residential side, my passion truly like, lies in commercial and hospitality. Um, so I don't really know how to answer that question because I haven't been a mere example of it and maybe I'm I'm just at like the the beginning stages of really making those genuine connections that leads me to those opportunities um, but most of my work um, really is outside of Austin okay so last few questions uh, here from my side um, so the first question is Realistically, how big do you think you can grow um, a business into? I think I can grow huge. Um, and I can see that vision and I can see myself. And that's why it's sort of been a difficult process this year because I know there are some really good opportunities that are coming my way um, within different sectors of design as well. Um, eventually, I do want to grow my company, but not too much to the point where I'm losing control of things but I would like to say you know maybe like 10 sort of like the sweet spot of having 10 people in my company um, but still being within that range of like a smaller scale mm -hmm. company 
um, just to make sure that we're keeping keeping true to what we offer and keeping true to our clients. Um, so realistically, I can see myself growing and growing fairly quickly um, as and when the right opportunities click. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've already done that in a way last year. Um, I've it, it hasn't been like continuously mm-hmm. hiring, you know, or having five to six people work with me, but I I have four people on my team already, <laughs> um, uh, including myself. So, um, but I would like to get it to the point where I am using them and utilizing their skills on a regular basis um, to mm-hmm. profit the company. Mm-hmm. Okay, so uh, you know, as you said that you have you have you know like four five people uh, team. Um, you know, so my question is, when you really you know like started hiring these uh, you know this team. But at any point, did you feel anxious that, you know, you were responsible for their livelihoods? Um, And that pushed me even more to get more business and to keep going. And, um, you know, it's upsetting as a business owner to not help somebody else within your team or to tell them there's no work coming in. Um, And, you know, I've recently faced that. as of, you know, last year, I had a full-time contract that I was working um, with Facebook um, or for a dealership specifically doing Facebook. Um, and I was also managing about all my different mm-hmm. other business clients. <laughs> so I worked a lot. I worked about 80-hour weeks. Um, and that's when I had to hire my best friend, who is also a designer. Um, and I kept her busy for a good, I'd say, three, maybe six months. Um, but once that contract died out, just with everything that's going on within mm-hmm. the market, um, I could not keep her as busy as I used to. And that's very unfortunate because it was a lot of stress that was coming on to me because I felt like I was failing as a business owner to keep her busy. And it wasn't even a matter of are we making a profit or anything like that? I just felt like I had to push myself. I had to push myself and keep getting the clients and to keep reaching out out there because I had another person that I had to worry about. But once I discovered, and you know, there were a couple of other things that sort of happened at that time as well. And she's still my very good best friend and I'm still gonna reach out to her, um, you know, when when things get a little busy, Um, but I almost saw it as like, let's take a breather. Maybe this is a good chance to slow down because I've had a really hectic year and to think about other ways to pivot the the business in another direction because maybe, you know, what I was doing previously isn't working this year. Um, So yes, to answer your question, that's always something at the back of my head. Um, And if I I tell someone that I'm going to be giving them the amount of work that I'm giving them, I really want to hold true to it. Got it. So, um, you know, the next question is, if, let's say, a young guy or a young girl, you know, wanted to get into any sort of small business, you know, they, they were passionate about it and they wanted to get into it, what would be the two of the most critical advices that you would give them? The first advice is just start. You know, wherever it is, whatever you're thinking, just Take that first foot forward and just start. 
And don't worry about if you, you know, I have to have my website, I have to have marketing, I have to have all of these things into, into, in, in place before I can start my business. Because I can say from experience, I didn't have any of that. And I've been fairly successful. Um, I just launched my website about two months ago and I've been in business for two years. So um, that is something. Um, and something that kind of goes hand in hand with that is um, surround yourself with supportive and positive people. You know, if you are someone who's single, don't worry about it. Go out there, make those connections and surround yourself with other business owners or um, other entrepreneurs because you're not going to know what you're doing and what you need to do until you hear it from other people and how successful they are as well. And learn from their mistakes too and share your knowledge. Um, And also, I know this is probably the third piece of advice, um, but just be open to opportunities. Um, You really never know where those opportunities will take you and what doors you might open. Even if it's something that you have to put in all of your hard work and you're not getting paid for it, whether it's a volunteer job, whether it's an intern position, you know, just put yourself out there. And I really like hospitality is something that I never in my wildest dreams would have even thought about doing. And here I am just being open to it. I've opened doors to now being a hospitality expert doing small scale hotels for Comfort Inn, Best Western. I'm about to do two La Quintas in like, and I know nothing about hospitality design. Um, But yeah, hard work really, really pays off and um, just keep at it. Just continue being positive and reach for those, those goals and those stars. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and also, uh, if people had to reach you, where could um, they reach they you? They can reach me at my email address, Ramya, R-A-M-Y-A, at Shriya Designs, S-R-I-Y-A, Designs, D-E-S-I-G-N-S, dot com. Um, you can check out my websites, uh, sorry, website, Shriya Designs, S-R-I-Y-A, Designs with an S, dot com. Um, you can follow me on Facebook, Shriya Designs. Um, or my Instagram as well, Designs underscore 2021. Got it. So, uh, yeah, actually, it was very nice talking to you, um, you know, uh, because of the knowledge and the kind of experience you bring in, in terms of, you know, running a small business, um, you know, while striking a very, let's say, trying to strike a balance between work and life. So it was, uh, it was very, you know, like knowledgeable uh, exchange uh, for this episode. Yeah, thank you so, so like much for thank your you very time much. as well. And thank you for um, giving me the opportunity to kind of talk a little bit more about what I do and uh, my background and my company as well uh, within this platform. Mm-hmm. Sure. Thank you very much. Um, so uh, that's it, guys, uh, for this episode. Um, catch you on the next episode. Thank you. Yeah, just a second, I'm going to...